I'm going to pray here in a minute. I'm going to pray for all of our needs. I'm going to pray for Mike, who uh, carbon dioxide poisoning yesterday and his cancer stuff. He's just going through it. But just so many people have stuff going on. And uh, But I do believe we have, uh, as I looked into all the Father's Day stuff, I, I, did, I studied a lot of statistics. I realized we have an issue in America. And uh, and I don't think it's necessarily the one we think we have. So I'm going to pray, pray for the church and pray for us. And this won't be a long message. So, uh, Father God, I thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you that you love us so much. God, I pray you be with Mike, uh, with all him and his family are going through, Lord, that you would just touch them, Lord, that you would provide healings and all things. God, I pray, Lord, for the event going on in Evansville today, Lord, that you would uh, you would bless that, God, that that many would come that we can love and serve, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would be with us today and you'd speak to our hearts, that your message would come out, Lord, and that even though we're few in house, Lord, that your word would touch many, God. And I pray that, uh, Lord, we would be the kind of church, Lord, who would uh, who would impact our community in a way that you, uh, you're wanting to do, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, as I said, we may be short on people, but I'm going to preach this as it's going out to everybody because Ryan does a good job of recording it, and this is actually where this church gets heard more than anywhere is online, and uh, which is always a blessing. But I believe this is one of the better messages I've ever been given, and it uh, and only because it impacts us so much, and and I. I I'm going to go through a bunch of statistics here in a minute, and they're going to sound negative. And, uh, because that's usually what you do on Father's Day. You point out all the negative, right? And then you preach against it. And, uh, but we are blessed. We have a lot of good fathers and, and happy Father's Day to all the men. And, uh, we, we've been blessed here, but there's, there's an issue, but I don't know that the statistics tell the issue as well. And, uh, but I honestly believe the issues not only in America, but in the world. God is going to use the church to to address. He's going to use the church to change the world. But we have to be willing. Right? And I honestly truly believe that and the more we pray, the more we pray, the more we pray even on Tuesday and Thursday nights God shows us over and over it's the church who's going to be the difference. But I'm going to read some statistics to you and I, I was actually sharing a couple of these with Ryan Murray earlier and uh I I I would have been surprised if we had more people here today. I would have been very, very surprised. The least attended church service every year usually is Father's Day. The least attended. It's definitely the least attended holiday, even like 4th of July weekend, Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, are more highly attended than Father's Day, which is very odd. And uh, But it, in most cases, it's usually the least attended. And... uh a lot of people say it's because of travel, but you're traveling on all the other ones also. So I don't believe it's the travel. I think it's because more fathers stay home. Yeah, they're staying home, and then the family goes with them. But the number one attended church service every year is Christmas, then Easter, and then Mother's Day, third highest in the whole year. And so you have that big change between Mother's Day and Father's Day. And... uh you know, many of us already know they're trying to get rid of Father's Day. They don't even want us to recognize Father's Day anymore. That <clears throat> They say it's harmful. And I, uh, 
I think it's the other way around. Not celebrating it is harmful. And uh, so I'm going to share a few statistics that will probably be kind of alarming when you hear them uh, and make you kind of think like that doesn't even make sense, right? In 1914, so 1914, Mother's Day became an official American holiday, 1914. Father's Day didn't begin being celebrated even or even become a true thing until Lyndon Johnson in 1966 said that he proclaimed the third Sunday of June to be Father's Day. But it didn't come become an official holiday until 1972. So 58 years after Mother's Day became an official holiday, Father's Day finally became an official holiday. And uh, to me, that's mind-boggling. I'm like, what is the difference, right? And sometimes, I like, most men are like, yeah, but we don't need a day. doesn't matter. Scripture says to honor the father and the mother, and if we're only honoring one, there's an issue, right? Uh, this number is uh, probably not going to be as alarming. There's 73, fathers, th- 73 million fathers in America, so whenever I share these statistics, they're going to go off of that. Um, it is said that 19.5 million and if you read it, it's anywhere from 18.5 to like 20.5 million uh, children in America who do not have fathers in their homes. That's one out of every four kids do not have a father in their home. They're raised without a father in a home. And that uh, that is enough kids to fill New York City twice. That's a lot. Or L.A. four times. And so that's a lot of kids without a father in a home. What you never hear about... Because it's the right thing to do, but it's never it's never shared about how much of a blessing it is. You never hear about the three out of four whose fathers are in the home doing a good job, right? All you ever hear about is the twenty five percent that are doing horrible, and they may not even be doing horrible. They just may not be in the house, right? But it's always deemed as they're not in the homes. Seventy three percent of all uh, of fathers live with all of their children. 73%, I would have thought that number would be way lower. But 73% live with all their children. Uh, it's higher for the ones who live with one or two. Uh, there are around 2 million single fathers in America. Yet we never hear about a single father. You hear about single mothers, right? Uh, children without fathers in the home are more likely to have uh, issues. And I'm going to read you some of the issues that children from fatherless homes have, right? And uh, and I don't want you to think I'm saying fathers need to be celebrated more than mothers. That's quite contrary to what I'm saying. I'm saying they should both be honored because Scripture says so, right? Uh, a child who does not have a father in a home is four times have greater risk of poverty, two times greater risk of... This one, I don't even understand this one, but two times more likely for infant mortality if the father's not in the home. And I don't I don't even understand that, but it goes up to almost four times as likely in the first 28 days of the, the baby's first, like when he's first born. Can't even grasp that. I don't even understand that. It, uh, a female is seven times more likely to get pregnant as a, teen, as a teenager if there's no father in the home. Two times more likely children are to be obese, Two times more likely to drop out of school. 
five times more likely to go to prison. And then there's this whole list of other things that their statistics show as high, but I don't know the exact highness of it. But you're more likely, they're more likely to commit suicide, have drug addiction, uh, face abuse, job issues, mental health issues, and it goes on and on of the list of things we see for children who have no father in the home. I am going to go out on a limb and say a father in the home is important, right? I, I think it shows that, um, but there's a lot of positives. Uh, like a father who attends church and the mother doesn't, the children are 70% more likely to attend church when they get older, right? So that's that's pretty interesting. The number is quite the opposite for mothers. It's actually 70% of them will not attend church if... Uh, if just the mother goes and the dad don't. If the mom attends church first, she gets saved and starts attending church first. The family, 17% of the family will begin to follow. The whole family will follow. If a father is the first one to start attending church and gets saved, 93% of the family go, follows. And that's just crazy to me to think that there's so much of a pool there, Right? A mother's trying to do her best, a mother's trying to do her best, and the family will not follow. But if the father's doing his best, the family will follow. Uh, and we often think, like, I always think, like, we need to get kids in and maybe parents will follow. Only 3.5% of families who the kid attends first will follow. So, uh, having said that, I want to get into where I think... Uh, how this changes, how this can look different, right? How, what is our call in all this? Like, we have great fathers, but as a church, what does this look like? Oftentimes, like I said, we come in and we want to, we share the negative, things need to change, let's pray over our fathers and bless them. I really do believe there's a change that's needed. I do believe we need to bless our fathers. I do believe we need to be honoring our fathers because well, statistics kind of show it's lacking. And the fact that in America, all through the 1900s, it looked like we didn't pay much honor to parents, to fathers. We know 1980s, 1990s, they, fathers became the joke of the household, right? It became a thing to where it was laughed at, fathers were for the most part. And, uh, and whenever you start seeing statistics of those who would, those who are, the most blessed people and those people who actually honor their father, it's always those who had a good relationship with their father. It's uh, It only makes sense, right? Um, but I'm going to skip down to Exodus 20. I want to read it. It's, Exodus 20 is the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> and uh, we all know these. We've heard these. We've been in church enough, but I'm going to still go through them. Verse 1 said, And God spoke all these words, saying, so this is straight out of God's mouth. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall not have any other gods before me. We know that one, right? We have one God and we serve and we love that God. Do we do that well? No, we do not. You shall not have, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in uh, that is in heaven above, or that is on earth beneath, or that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the Father 
fathers of the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. This here kind of explains a whole lot of stuff. Whatever the father is doing, the family will follow three to four generations. Right? So whenever a father is serving the Lord, worshiping God and only God, and it's not like God and football or God and this, or or just some fathers are like, hey, weekends are all about beer for me, right? My life is about this or that or the other. Well, guess what? That's what the kids are going to see as the most important thing. They will worship to the third and fourth generation unless there's a change. There has to be a change somewhere. You know, we know God's also the God who breaks generational curses. But if he said it back then, and it's in the law that children will follow the fathers, something important going on here, right? And it says, You shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And there's a lot to that. But we have to always honor our Father. Uh, the next one is remember the Sabbath and, and how, you know, God's telling us it is so important to uh, spend time with Him. It says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath to your Lord your God. Only it shall not... Only it should, on it you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughters, your male servants, your female servants, your livestock, your so- sojourners who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Yet again, all those around you are following you. Right? If you're spending time with God, guess what the people around you will do? They will learn to spend time with God. That's why 90-whatever percent it was of kids who, whose parents, whose fathers go to church, they begin attending church. There's even major statistics on the amount of, uh, like, even going to Sunday school and, and Bible studies. Like, the statistics on it. If a father attends and the mother doesn't, like, 70-some percent of the kids will, will continue that in, as they grow older into Bible studies and and. Uh, Sunday school, but whenever it's just the mother going, it's down to the twenty percent, right? If both parents do it and they do it together, it's like ninety-eight percent of follow through, and it uh, which is probably the way God designed it. Okay, so those first four were all about our relationship with God and how we should worship God and serve God and love God, right? We always we always know this first four about God and next six about uh. People, but I honestly think the first four are about God, and I believe the fifth, I think there's an order to the way God put these, and I believe the fifth is all about family. And I believe it's about, uh, after God, this would be your next step. And it says, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And this is before, this is above murder, adultery, Theft, uh, coveting what your neighbor has, false witness, above all those other commandments. And that blows my mind that whenever you stop and you remember that this is more important, honoring your mother and father, than the rest. I, I just, 
I think the only way you can have perfect love is first you love the Lord your God and you let him love through you, but it's also honoring your mother and father is huge. If you cannot love your mother and father and honor your mothers and fathers, it's going to be very hard to love other people, right? Because that's going to affect your relationships at all time. And so, uh, James 1 verse 9 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let everybody... Every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, wickedness and receive the meekness, the implanted word, which is uh, able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And I, I read this because I want to I point out that whenever it comes to righteousness, whenever it comes to these things of... Uh, being quick to hear, slow to speak, when it's saying things like be slow to anger. And that our own anger doesn't produce the, the, the righteousness of God. I take it back to when we look at fathers and we look at the, the family and we point out all the problems, as we often do. We, we look in, around and we see like, you know, the problem in America is lack of fathers. There's a, and usually people are like, it seems like, there's no good fathers anymore. There's no, you know, just children without fathers is a huge problem. And, and there is a problem with the children who do not have a, pro, uh, a father. There are issues. I wouldn't say a problem. They're not a problem. There's issues. There's something lacking in their lives. Yet we usually want to attack that father. We want to we want to point out how horrible that is. And we like to, as a church, we often like to point out the issues in the world and hope somebody would change something about it. But when we look at James 1, verse 19, it says that we're to do that, right? If you go to verse 22, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, right? So if we are to love people, if we're to love God, if we're to honor mothers and fathers, our fathers and mothers, honor your mother and fathers. Now, if we take that as a, on a church scale, not just an individual scale, on a church scale, how well do we honor fathers and mothers, especially whenever we tear down fathers often? We tear down the position of a father. We tear down the those who are lacking in, as fathers. We don't always come beside them and help them. We don't always come beside them and lift them up and show them a better way. We don't come alongside them and, and love them. Usually we come alongside them when we attack them. We tell them, you're doing a horrible job, you need to be better at it, and they're sitting here like, I don't even know how. You're asking me to do something I, I can't do. And they can't do it because if they could, they probably would. But I don't think anybody, whenever they're born, or whenever they're a kid, or even whenever they get into like teenage years, says, you know what, I want to father a whole bunch of kids and have nothing to do with them. No, their lifestyle gets carried away and things start happening. They start popping out kids and they get scared and they don't know what to do. Right? And then everybody's like, you need to be a father. And they're like, uh, I don't know how. That's a great opportunity. That's a great opportunity for a church to step in and say, hey, man, how about I help you with this? I know this is tough. But what if I come alongside you, Right? What about the kids? You know, all those crazy statistics about kids without fathers in the home. 
What if the church was doers there? What if, and, and I'm going to go on a little bit with this verse before I, I share this, and it says, uh, for he looks to at himself and, uh, well, i got to re- rewind a little bit. It says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in the doing. Therefore, there should be a point in time to where we look at ourselves and we recognize, like, we know who we are. Like, I look and I'm like, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a representation of Jesus. And then what happens? I go out and whenever I leave, I'm still that same representation. I don't forget who I am, right? I don't forget that. But it goes on and it says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religious religion is worthless. So when we don't bridle our tongue and we speak these things about fathers who are lacking or the children of fathers who are wild, or we're speaking these very things, that's an unbridled tongue, right? That is a, uh, we are deceived in our own hearts. We are wicked in a way. We are casting con- uh, condemnation on people just the same as Satan would, right? We are not in that. Now, is it one thing to say, hey, sir, you're not doing well by your children, and that's bad, but I would like to help you, right? That would be loving, but if I just say, you are a horrible father, and you're going to burn in hell for it. Guess what? That is not that is not a loving act even in a little bit, right? But we're quick to do it. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their inflictions and to keep oneself abstain, uh, unstained from the world. And this is a little different. It, uh, I'm going to what would seem to possibly take this out of context, and I'm not going to take it out of context. I am going to explain to us that I believe that whenever you see an orphan, it is a kid who is without a father, right? And then when you see a widow, it is a woman who does not have a husband anymore. In this time period, it would have been horrible for a father to leave that situation, but even a father who left a mother people would have helped tend to the children. Children Usually their own families, but sometimes not. And I believe if the church wants to see a change in this world, we will begin to come alongside those kids who have no father. We will begin showing them what a father should look like. What if a couple adopts a single mother and her children, and they begin to show that single mother what a good couple looks like, what a loving couple looks like, and they begin to minister to those kids and show them what a good father and mother would look like. And then there would be honor in that household amongst fathers for once that never has been because it's always been a negative fathers have been instead of a positive, right? I will get messages today from four different children, young people, who will tell me Happy Father's Day. The reason why they will tell me Happy Father's Day is because they didn't have a father and somebody had to step in. And let me tell you, that's not easy to do because it's a lot of headaches. Because there's a lot of baggage that comes along with that. But they do learn to honor a father where before it was a negative. 
and their lives begin to change because they have a father figure in their life. The church can make a huge difference if we would start stepping in to fill the gaps instead of pointing out the issue. And we do that. We do that over and over. And you'll hear me say it a lot uh, going forward of how the church has to be stepping up into what we're called to do. We have to be those representations. We have to be the ones who make a difference. We have to be the very people that whenever whenever we see an issue that we're not just sitting by complaining about it or pointing it out because we do that so much and the world does that so much and it can get to be so negative and we deceive ourselves into thinking we're righteous in it and we're not. We're wrong in it. Jesus played with the children. He loved the children. He went to the children. And we, we could be we have an opportunity to make that twenty five percent of kids who have no father, we have an opportunity to change our lives. And I'm thinking if twenty five percent do not have fathers, seventy five percent have fathers, it really wouldn't be that big of a burden for the church to step in and help out. We have enough people to do it. Matter of fact, we have more than enough people to do it. We have an ample amount of people to do it. We just have to be willing to step in and do it. We have to begin loving these people. You know, how many times have you seen a single mother and you're like, man, she's so tough. I don't know how she does it. And then you leave. Instead of saying, hey, how can we help you? What can we do to bless you? Right? Or you see children and you're like, hey, can we take your children off your hands for this weekend maybe? Or maybe we can take them out for a couple hours so you can go do something. Right? We can make a huge difference. We can be, the church can start being fathers to the fatherless. Right? We can do that. The church can start teaching young people what a loving couple looks like, what a father and a mother looks like. We can start bringing honor back to the father role, to the mother role. Right? We love to honor mothers. We do a great job of that usually. Not always. We do a pretty good job of honoring mothers. We do not do a good job of honoring fathers. And like I said, every father around will tell you, I don't need the honor. And they don't need the honor. But we need to honor them. There has to be honor in a mother and a father. There has to be honor in the father. And as we read in in Scripture and as we see through statistics, when the father is not honored... The world is a mess, right? And the children will follow. They will follow that same uh, standpoint, that same, the same issues their dad had. I am going to go ahead. Uh, I'm going to try to close this out here. There's more I can speak on this, but I think I would be beating a dead horse. I think that we all understand there's an issue, and I think there we all understand there's. A church, and we all understand that the church should be stepping into that issue, right? We should be praying about it. You know, if we pray, if we're intentional in our prayers, God will put us in the right place, and we don't even have to go out and search for a family to love and share with and take care of and help out, because He'll do it, because we're willing. But we have to be willing, right? Now, mind you, there has to be safeguards, right? You don't just jump into a home of a single mother as a guy and start doing things there could be accusations there can be issues or even as a married man to go in alone right that's why i say it's easier when a couple does it now is there going to be times when single men have to do it yes 
It's going to be times whenever things have to happen. We have to start serving people. Maybe it's a group of people. Maybe three or four people will say, hey, you know what? We could really, we can really bless this family. Let's help this, these children here see that men aren't bad, right? Because we also know that whenever the father looks bad, it reflects on the father in heaven, right? But we have to start being a change. We have to make a difference. And uh, I am so blessed for the fathers we have that are doing well, and I'll never stop honoring them. It, uh, one of my favorite things on a Sunday morning, or actually any day of the week I see it, is to watch Ryan with Clara, right? It's a true father. He loves his daughter. He's doing the very thing that he's called to do. And Ryan would be like, hey, that's, I'm a father. I'm supposed to do that. And that's the way he should feel about it. But he should also get honor for being a great father with his daughter. Right? We should honor that. We should bless that. We should say, hey, he is a great representation. Hopefully people are following him. We should point it out and other people can watch him and say, how did he do that? Because right now, usually the world, when they see somebody about, when they hear about a father, men are scared to be fathers because what if I fell like all the others? Well, as I said, 25% are failing, 75% seem to be doing all right. The problem is, is the stigma is, is the only ones getting any kind of publicity are the bad ones. We point out how bad fathers are off of 25%, just like everything in the world. Every issue we have is a small thing that they're putting, you know, the LGBT agenda. Whenever it first started, there was less than 2% of the community was LGBTQ and all the other stuff. Less than 2%. Now it's up to 11% because we gave more honor to that 2% than there ever should have been. And we're giving more honor to the 25% of bad dads than there should ever be. We're, we're speaking. We're giving too much attention. When, when Scripture, when Paul said, focus on what is good, focus on what is holy, focus on what is right, right and pleasing, focus on those things. And we're not. We focus on the negative. But if we focus on the positive, we point out the good dads, we show what a good dad looks like, we speak about what a good dad looks like, then young men start saying, that's the kind of dad I want to be. Instead of saying, I don't ever want to be a dad. Dads are horrible. Everybody hates a dad. They're trying to cancel Father's Day. Now, we should celebrate Father's Day. When we first were going to do this celebration in Evansville, and it starts getting bigger and bigger as a celebration, I was kind of nervous. I'm like, what if people think we're trying to give more honor to fathers than mothers? And then, as we get further and further, and I start looking into this, you know what? We should have a huge celebration for fathers. It should be gigantic. It should be the biggest party of the year. And then, hey, guess what? On Mother's Day, let's make that a huge party also. We need to honor fathers and mothers in a way that says, hey, we're not telling you, like, you know, we have to give you something for being a father and mother. We just want to tell you thank you for being a father and a mother. We want to bring honor to you. We want to bless you. And that's the way life should be lived. It should not be one of those things where a lot of churches won't celebrate Father's Day today because they're afraid of what people are going to think. They're afraid of how it's going to affect the people in their church. And instead, we should be saying, hey, you know what? Be good fathers. If you have a bad father, we want to bless you. We want to come alongside you. We want to help you. But I'm going to read in 2 Corinthians 6, and Ryan, you can come on up, or Tracy, whichever one of you it is. But uh, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, uh, 
speaks of, of these same things. And it says, I will make my dwelling among you and walk among you, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. Therefore, go from their midst and be separated from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. There are a lot of people out there looking for a father. There are a lot of people nowadays looking for a mother, right? But there are a lot of people who do not understand fatherhood or what a good father looks like. And if you try to go into their lives and you try to be a good father, they're going to reject you because they don't trust men. But we can introduce them to the good father. Because whenever God says, I will, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, that's huge. That should be our message. right? We should be speaking that to people in a way that they can't refuse it. right? Instead, we go out there and we talk about, man, you know, I just wish we had more good fathers in this world. We have the greatest father ever. Right? Don't be distracted by the fathers who aren't doing their job. Focus on the father who's perfect, and then we can focus on helping the others. But we can be the hands and feet, we can be the doers, we can do the very things that God's calling us to do to honor fathers and mothers and to bless generations. But it's going to take us doing something different. It's going to take the church to step in as the hands and feet of Jesus instead of just standing around and looking at an issue. And we're seeing it everywhere. The more we get out into the community, the more we see that people are shocked when a church comes in and tries to help them. People, yesterday, Cyrus and I knocked on a door and we, we tried to give a flyer to a lady and we said, hey, we're having a cookout and we want you to come to it. And she said, I don't have any money. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. We don't want your money. She goes, yeah, I don't have any. You guys can go away. And I was like, well, I just want to let you know I'm going to leave this with you and I, we just love you. We don't want it. We actually want to give you give to you. And she said, you keep that. I, I don't want nothing to do with it, right? That's what the world expects of the church. When we're going in and trying to love them and we have to change that. We have to change that with families. We have to change that with the good father. Yeah. But we have to be the change, right? It all has to change honor the, the father and the mother and it will go well with us in the land it's not going very well with us in the land right now I don't even know if we're going to live long days in this land because it's not going well with the father and the mother right now pretty decent with the mother because you know most of us understand mothers are awesome but not a lot of people understand how awesome the father is right and, and that's got to change yeah. it's father and mother honor them and everything in scripture always says what the father does the children will follow everything in statistics say the exact same thing so we understand so uh, I'm going to close with some prayer I love you guys and I if you're going over to Evansville it's going to be awesome time if you're not I hope you just have a blessed day and get to celebrate Father's Day and if your children aren't around or father's not around go find somebody to bless find somebody to love one so let's close in prayer father god we thank you for today lord we thank you for who you are god i pray you let us be your hands and feet that you let us be uh 
God, let us just step in and help bring honor back to the parents, Lord, to the fathers and the mothers, Lord. Let us be uh, a change, Lord. Let us, God, as, as, as the title says here, Lord, let's make fatherhood great again, Lord, and we want that. God, we want to bring honor to the fathers. We want to bring honors to the mothers, Lord, because we know these things bring honor to you, Lord. And God, for those who are hurting and those that we come in contact with that that are broken and have such issues with the Father, Lord, let us, let us show them the good Father. Let us show them who you are, God. And Lord, we're sorry. We repent of, of not being better at bringing honor to the fathers, Lord, and to the to the parents, Lord, and to you, God. And uh, Lord, as a church, Lord, we're committed to to be more of a positive influence on this neighborhood and all of our communities, Lord, than we are to just point out the negative. So, Lord, use us, bless us, endeavor, God, and show us how we can get better at it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you all. take a moment and just honor the Father, our Father, Heavenly Father. Because it's with His help that we can honor our fathers and mothers in the community. just praise you for the blessing that you are in our lives, what you've given us and poured out upon us, Father. You've done everything for each and every one of us. And Father, we honor you for the example that you set as a good, good Father. We honor that. On this Father's Day, we honor you. Ask for your help, Lord, to honor our fathers in our households and in our community. Father, I just pray a blessing on every single father that is part of Wellspring. And I don't just mean natural fathers that have children, blood-born children. I also speak to those that are fathers to others in our house. Because it takes every father to be a father, every man to be a father. Father, I bless all of our fathers today. I ask that you pour out your presence in their lives, in their hearts, in their spirits. Fill them with your love so that they can pour that love out to their families, to our Wellspring family, to our communities, Father. Constantly, constantly fill us to pour out on others. And we bless your name, Jesus. Amen.